Hey Bulls Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Rebuildable Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Gentile, and we're starting the thick of the NBA offseason. Tonight is the NBA draft, and on Monday is the start of the NBA free agency negotiation period. That's right, technically the free agency period doesn't actually start until the middle of the week next week, but you get a few days to do some negotiations and stuff like that. And it's always so much fun in the NBA. Like, the offseason, there's so much drama. You have players changing teams, signing contracts. You have trades that go down. You have guys that want to move teams because they're they're not liking what their current team is doing in, in the offseason. So it's always a lot of fun to be a fan of, of the NBA and a, and a fan of a team that's going to be active this offseason. The Chicago Bulls are going to be really looking to add to their current roster. You know, after the Vucevic trade, I think it's clear they want to make sure that this team is playoff ready in 2022. Um, And it starts with the NBA draft tonight. Now, look, the Chicago Bulls don't own their first round pick. They traded that away in the Nikola Vucevic deal. They do have the 38th overall pick, which is a second round pick, but (laughs) I'm not going to pretend that I'm an expert. I barely watch college basketball. I don't really follow what's going on in the Euro Leagues. I do read some stuff occasionally from some of the heavy hitters out there that cover this, but every time around the draft, I always feel lost. And Michael Walton's been my go-to draft guy on the show. It's Michael Walton from Bulls Confidential. He's come on, you know, last year when we when we did our draft coverage, he came on and broke down potential options in the first round. You know, the second round's always a crapshoot. It, it's nice to have a front office that seems competent, and Arturis Karnaschovas comes from an organization that has a good track record with drafts in the Denver Nuggets, and he was one of the biggest catalysts for scouting and advocating for Nikola Jokic in 2014, and Jokic was a second-round pick. Now he's a league MVP and perennial all-star. So... You hope you get some of that. But look, as long as they get a player that's a competent role player, I'm happy. You know, if you find somebody that fills a need or is the best player available at the spot you're picking in, I'm totally fine with that. So whatever happens tonight, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Hope it works out. Whether it's a guy who fills a role on this team or ends up being stashed away in Europe, I'm fine with it. If you do want to get some draft coverage, you know, I'm just going to tell you, go go follow some of these people. Michael Walton, Bulls Confidential. You're going to find out a lot of really good names that are available in the second round. I would recommend Elias Schuster or Bleacher Nation Bulls. He's the, the writer, editor over there. What I like is you get good recaps of what's going on with the Bulls, potential names for the Bulls. They kind of digest all the information for you. So, you know, follow Elias on Twitter or... Follow Bleacher Nation Bulls, and you'll get a lot of good recaps of some of the better stories out there talking about some of these prospects. Also, Jonathan Gavoni, Chad Ford, those guys do a really good job breaking down the draft from top to bottom. So follow them, get your info from them, uh, because I don't want to pretend like I have knowledge of the top college prospects or or Euro prospects or you know international prospects. I'm not that well-versed in it. But what I do want to talk about today is a big position in need for the Chicago Bulls. And if you've listened to the executive decision series that we've done, 
And if you haven't, I do encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. A lot of our guests brought up the need to find a facilitating point guard. And that's not probably new to a lot of you Bulls fans. You all watched the team last year and you saw what was wrong. We saw last year that without that floor general, that guy that calms down the offense when the other team's going on a run and gets things flowing again. So things don't get chaotic. We witnessed that so much last year. The Bulls might have a lead or be in a game, and all of a sudden the other team goes on a run, and you see this kind of hero ball happening on offense, or the offense seems out of sorts. And you can see that there's pieces on this team that would benefit from having a true facilitating point guard. Zach Levine would benefit from having a floor general in the backcourt with him. Nikola Vucevic would benefit from having a point guard that could run the pick and roll with him. There's a lot that a point guard can do with this team. Heck, Kobe White, who started most of the year at point guard last year, would benefit from having a true facilitator on this team because it would allow Kobe White to be in his more comfortable role, which is a combo guard. Coming off the bench and doing what he does best, and that's being a spark plug who's looking to create his own shot. You know, and outside Chicago, we've seen the benefit of what a point guard can do to a team. I mean, just ask the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul's addition helped that team get to the NBA Finals. Good point guard play was a huge factor for the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young took another step up as a young point guard, and the Atlanta Hawks got to the Eastern Conference Finals. So point guard play does matter. And for the Bulls, there's a pretty good market out there. It's going to be a competitive market, but there's a pretty good market. Now, what I want to do in today's episode, I want to play the role of Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley. Yep, I'm going to do what I have the guests on this podcast do. I'm going to play the Bulls Brain Trust, but I'm going to tell you which three point guards I would be targeting if I were the Chicago Bulls. So these three that I put down, they all kind of have a different strong suit, but it will make sense. When I tell you them, you can kind of see how they would fit with this roster. Now, before I get into that, though, I do want to go through some options I'd be okay with. So this isn't my top three yet, but there are some guys and names that we've heard lately that I would be okay with at the right price and playing the right role on this team. Let me just rattle through some of these. Um, We've heard the name lately. And I think it's a leak coming from his agent uh, with Dennis Schroeder. And Michael Walton brought this up on our last episode, that he would target Dennis Schroeder at the right price. And to him, it was like a two-year contract with opt-out language and maybe valued at like $40 It doesn't look like that's what he's going to get on the open market. It, It looks like he is going to get paid pretty well. Um, could earn in excess of $100 million, it, some reports have indicated. If that's the case, I would not want Dennis Schroeder on this team. To me, that's that's way too high of a price for, for him. And I just, I'm not sure how he is as a fit. Now, I, I know he's played under Billy Donovan. He played well. But I don't know. It, it, I don't see it clicking with, I look at him and I, I maybe I, my assessment of Dennis Schroeder is wrong. But when I've watched him, I see more of a score first point guard. And I don't know if that's going to work with what you got on this roster. 
So it wouldn't be my first choice. But if there was a game of musical chairs and Dennis Schroeder and the Bulls are left standing when the music stops and he's willing to take the price that you're willing to give him. So if it is this contract scenario that Michael Walton talked about two years, you know, 50 million, I would maybe consider it then if you're kind of strapped for options. Another name we've heard, Spencer Dinwiddie. I like Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he's a very productive player. And I know a lot of Bulls fans have a soft spot for him because of his previous time spent in Chicago. Remember, he was traded for Cameron Bearstown. There's a blast from the past for you. And was on the Whitney City Bulls, never really got his shot with the roster, but ended up having this surge with the Brooklyn Nets and has become a very productive player, almost a fringe all-star caliber player. So I totally understand the attraction to adding a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, but I think reliability is a big question with him. You know, there's been reports that he could earn access to 25 plus million. Do you really want to pay a guy that much that does have an injury history and isn't, you know, wrong consistently? I, I would have trouble paying a guy like that. Again, if you can get him at a discounted rate, sure, absolutely. Take your swing at him. But I don't know if I would pay him a, a lot of money. Now, there is a, a flip side to that. You know, a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, if he does produce and you eventually want to go pursue other players, I don't think it would be an immovable contract unless he continues to struggle with injuries. And I, I think that is a big risk to take, though. Another name that we keep hearing, Bulls fans, I feel like we hear this every offseason or around the trade deadline. Derrick Rose. The Derrick Rose rumblings have started. Woj put it out there. Um, Casey Johnson from NBC Sports Chicago said that there's been discussions in the Bulls front office about Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, to me, I I don't see him as a fit as a starting caliber point guard on this team. Maybe if you trade Tomas Sadoransky and he comes and plays backup at, at the right price, I'd absolutely be fine with that. I mean, there, there seems to be maybe a little bit of redundancy with Kobe White and him coming off the bench, but... I mean, maybe as a veteran presence, sure. Again, though, I don't know about him being the starting point guard. I don't necessarily see the fit from a basketball sense. You know, he did play well with New York coming off the bench. When he did start in some select games and in the playoffs, he took his game to another level. But again, at his age, um, the money he could command, I, I don't know if it's a good fit. I just, I don't know. I'd be okay with it. It would be sort of like a, a lukewarm feeling. Uh, nostalgia would probably kick in. I'd, I'd feel pretty good, but I don't know if that's just a an option that takes this team from point A to point B. I, I don't think that's a, a, a driving factor for me. But if the price is right, or maybe he's willing to be a backup, sure. Um, I guess if, if you're the Bulls and maybe you, you surprise everybody by signing a big name, you know, wing like a DeMar DeRozan or Kawhi Leonard opts out and somehow agrees to come here and you do some moving around and Derrick Rose ends up as your your second signing. I mean, maybe I'd be okay with it then, but I, I'm not anticipating that happening at all. Um, you know, another way maybe too where Derrick Rose makes sense is if, again, you're kind of going a little more on the cheap and you end up swinging a deal to bring Jalen Brunson over from the Dallas Mavericks, and you have Jalen Brunson and Derrick Rose 
as two point guards. And that's assuming Tomas Sadoransky's gone. There's a lot of moving parts and things that would have to happen for me to really feel like it's a move that makes sense. So, again, Rose, Dinwiddie, Schroeder, okay. I'd, I'd be okay at the right price and in the right setting. But to me, those aren't guys that I would be taking a real hard look at. I am going to throw in one wild card here. Another one on the peripherals that I would be possibly okay with. And this might actually rattle some Bulls fans here. So, and I, I want to give credit here because it, it got me, the reason that this is in my head, Mark Karanzoulis, host of the Bulls HQ podcast, and he's been a, a guest on this podcast a, a few times before. Yeah, he was answering a question out there about Ben Simmons. And I know some of you Bulls fans just shrieked when I said that. But but hear me out. So the question that was being posed was from a basketball per- fit perspective, just pure fit, what team would Ben Simmons fit on? And Mark said the Bulls. And I think he brought up some great points. And I'm going to actually read the tweet verbatim. Mark said, his flaws are offset by Levine and Vucevic. Their flaws are mitigated by Simmons' best traits. Solves most of the Bulls' defensive issues. He and Levine are on the same timeline. Big market team who's already cashed in half their assets may as well continue to push. And from a basketball standpoint, it does make sense. Like, Ben Simmons, even if he's plateaued to where he's at now, really good defensive point guard, a facilitator first, can get to the basket, it makes perfect sense. And he's still young. So there's probably some room to grow still. He would fit with this roster. It would allow a lot of other guys like Vooch, like Zach, like Kobe White, like Patrick Williams to do their thing. But I think that money is where everything kind of goes to hell. It's a lot of money to pay a guy like Ben Simmons. So a trade I don't think would ever be realistic. If somehow, some way, you could shed some salary and keep Zach Levine and Vucevic... I'd be willing to explore it. And I I know, again, getting close to $30 million a year is a scary proposition for a guy who's struggled offensively and has this kind of, I don't know if it's the yips or if there's some type of mental block when it comes to what he does on the offensive side of the floor. It is a little scary to pay somebody that much money. But again, at his age and a new change of scenery, with this roster, with Billy Donovan, with a really good organization in place that's really trying to turn a corner in player development, might be worth a shot. If the price is right, you don't have to give up the assets. That's a big if and probably very unlikely. I think the Sixers are going to want Zach Levine in, in a move for Ben Simmons. I know that might upset some Bulls fans or, or Bulls fans might think, well, no, he's Simmons is not as good as... Zach Levine, but mm, I mean, Ben Simmons is a, I think a multiple all-star making that work is going to be a little challenging. I think they're going to want a nice trade package in return. Uh, Yeah. I I don't know if I would want to even entertain that, that offer. So anyway, those are just some guys that I would be okay adding, but these are the three that I would target if I were the Chicago Bulls. So let's start with number three. Technically, these are two people. And I yeah, so technically I should have just said top four. But I put it as a, a, a package. It's two veterans and two high-priced veterans, Kyle Lowry or Mike Conley. Okay? 
Now, both guys made close to $30 million last year. And there's talk that they might get close to that this offseason. When I had Edward Schuler on, we talked about Kyle Lowry uh, specifically and how really Kyle Lowry would be a fit with this team. You know, and, and Kyle Lowry is looking to win a championship, so it would take convincing. But you're bringing in a guy who is still very productive at his age. He's almost 35. Or I think he is 35. So he's a little longer in the tooth, but he's still pretty productive. He's an all-star caliber player, even at his age. And honestly, the way he plays, he doesn't show signs of declining yet. And at, at a, the right price, if you can convince him to take a two-year deal or a three-year deal and convince him that this is a team that's on the rise and with one good season, 2022-23 might be the year they knock on the door of title contention, it might be a possibility to convince somebody like Kyle Lowry to come over. I put Mike Conley as a tie of this. So Mike Conley's a little bit younger. He's 33, still a little longer in the tooth, but we saw how productive he is. You know, there's rumors about him returning to the Jazz or going to the Mavericks or Knicks. Again, this is a little bit more of a long shot, but I think if Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnaschobas wanted to make a splash and show the league that the Bulls are kind of open for business, I think this would be a big signing, and I think it does fill a need. Both are great floor generals, and I think the kind of guys that you would like to have on this team. I think it's going to come down to the money, and both those guys might find better opportunities to win a ring. You know, the Bulls, are they really ready for title contention yet? You can't say that with full confidence, no. They're more ready to take that leap into the playoff picture next year. And I think the next season might be the year where you're priming to then build a full title contender. Now, could those guys be interested in maybe doing this from the ground up? It's possible. Uh, also, in order to make the price tag work, close to $30 million a year, which both could command on the open market, you got to get creative. And that would take moving some pieces like Tomas Sadoransky, Thaddeus Young, and, you know, do you want to have Thaddeus Young as part of this this team next year? I know Tomas might get moved, but do you want to move Thaddeus Young and then have to fill another void there? So there's a lot of things that would have to go right for that to happen, but I would be at least making a call to Kyle Lowry or Mike Conley. So I grouped them together at number three because they're kind of the same mold of a veteran all-star caliber point guard. So I got those two tied at number three. They're, to me, a little bit interchangeable. My second point guard on the list is Devontae Graham of the Charlotte Hornets. Devontae Graham, to me, is a really interesting prospect because he's 26 years old, and he was a second-round pick, and he's really just improved every year he's been in the league. So Devontae Graham... In his second year, in 2020, he started 53 games for the Hornets, played 63 of them. He averaged almost 18 points a game, 7.5 assists, and shot just over 37% from three-point range. This past year, playing second fiddle to LaMelo Ball, he played in 55 games, 
started 44 of them. He averaged just under 15 points a game and five assists. He shot 37.5% from three. This is a prospect that maybe you look at after the wells dried up a bit and you say, well, why don't we go after a younger guy with some upside to him and maybe swing a sign-and-trade deal where Tomas Sadoransky gets moved in the mix because they're going to need a, a backup point guard. And I think Devontae Graham might be better suited as a starter in this league. Uh, and I think he does fit the role of a traditional point guard. He has some scoring pop. He can do some things off the ball. But he's a really good facilitator and uh, not a bad defender either. So it might be worth considering somebody like a Devontae Graham. I look at it as if you can't get one of the bigger name point guards, why not just see if you can get a guy that has some high upside to him? Um, it's a, it's kind of similar to another name that's been floated out there, Jalen Brunson. Uh, now, the difference with Brunson and Graham, Brunson, you have to pry away from Dallas. You know, he's still under contract. In this case, you can at least sign an offer sheet for Graham, and it's kind of mixed. You, you know, I've seen some reports saying that the Hornets could match Devontae Graham's contract. But again, with LaMelo there, I kind of wonder if they just let Devontae Graham walk and try to find a veteran backup solution. And I think, again, what I was saying earlier about Tomas, that might be a pretty good match there. You might be able to swing some type of move to make that happen. So I put Devontae Graham at number two. Again, younger upside point guard that I think it certainly adds something to my team and gives me some flexibility to maybe still go shopping for a wing or other role players that I'm going to have to add to the roster. The number one point guard on my list is Lonzo Ball. That's probably not a shock to anybody. It's certainly, I I think, the consensus among most Bulls fans. I know there's a handful of fans that maybe don't agree, but most Bulls fans are intrigued by the idea of adding Lonzo Ball to the roster, and you can't blame them. I mean, the fit speaks for itself. A facilitator, a defensive-minded guard, a bigger guard, and someone who is still young. Lonzo Ball is 23 going on 24, and has, I think, shown you every year that he continues to grow. You know, we all remember when Lonzo came into the league, everybody was worried about his shooting ability. And you go back and look at how he's improved every year makes you think that there's still a lot of potential to untap. Uh, I remember after his second year with, with LA, you thought that he was headed towards being a bust. It was He was averaging, I think, just under 10 points a game. You know, he was shooting about like 33% from three. He had gotten better. I remember he also was still really struggling from the foul line. I think he was shooting below 50%. Let me look at, yeah, 40, he's almost shooting 42% from the foul line. And you just weren't sure if, if he was worth the number two overall pick. And so, of course, he gets dealt to the Pelicans in that deal for Anthony Davis. Picked up a little bit last year, averaging about 12 points a game, seven assists. His three-point shooting went up to about 37 and a half. Uh, he got a little bit better from the foul line, shooting about 57%. But in 2021, in 55 games, Lonzo Ball averaged just under 15 points a game, about six assists, 
and his free throw percentage really improved. He went up to about 78% from the foul line, and he was shooting 37.8% from three-point range. Lonzo Ball keeps showing you he's getting better every year, and he's a really solid defender on the other end of the floor, which the Bulls desperately need. They need somebody that they can have filled that void on this team. There's not a lot of plus defenders on the Chicago Bulls, and he would give you that. And the fact that he's six foot seven, you know, if you have a wing player that you want to put your best defender on, you could put Lonzo on him. You know, Patrick Williams was thrown into that role. Patrick Williams, I think, defensively showed you he could do well against some of the better power forwards in the league, but he struggled against those top-tier wing players. I would rather have Lonzo Ball on those guys. So it gives you some flexibility. You know, you could even do a creative lineup where you have Lonzo and Zach and Kobe White on the floor together. Basically a three-guard lineup. And it gives you the ability to let Lonzo be the one primarily guarding the other team's wing, the other team's small forward, and lets you play Kobe White off the ball on the offensive side of the floor. Everything seems to work perfectly, and of course the age is nice because it lines up nicely with Zach and Kobe and Patrick Williams' timelines. So there's a lot to like about adding ball to this team. Are there better shooters in the league? Sure. But he's certainly gotten better every year. Are there better facilitators? Yes. But he just gives you solid production at every level, consistency at every level. And so I think he basically is like 70% of what Chris Paul is. And I'm perfectly fine with that. You add that to the team, you're getting better next year. So I'm all for adding Lonzo Ball. And I do think there's a level of flexibility that comes with Lonzo Ball. You know, you might say, do you want to commit 20 you know, three twenty-five plus million a year to someone like Lonzo Ball when there might be better free agents to add down the road or other people to trade for down the road. I really think Lonzo Ball is not going to be a deterrent to whatever move you make because you can probably swing a deal that takes him off the books if you did find that other guy, a superstar caliber player. Uh, but for where you're at right now, I think this is the perfect type of player to add to the mix for the Chicago Bulls because he... Definitely fills a need skill set wise. Probably had a decent contract and definitely matches up the timeline you have with some of your younger pieces. So again, aside from like Chris Paul hitting the free agent market, which if Chris Paul opts out, he's probably, aside from that, I think these are the three best options you can get. Kyle Lowry or Mike Conley, either one of those because you're adding a veteran all-star caliber point guard to the mix. That certainly raises the caliber of your team and could be a reason that attracts other players in the near future. Devontae Graham, I think I put him at number two because I think he's an interesting young prospect that could continue to get better and, you know, I think offers you some flexibility if you want to add other role players to the mix and then take your swing next offseason. And number one, Lonzo Ball, because I think he brings the solid skill set of being a facilitator and a defender all at the age you want and at a reasonable price. I think some people get worried when you hear close to $25 million a year, but I think that's just the going rate for a guy his age with upside. You know, you want to pay for future production, and I think there's still potential to untap. And 
Anybody worried about his dad, LeVar Ball, getting in the way? I, I don't think you have to worry about that anymore. We haven't really heard from him in a long time, so I don't think we have to deal with that drama anymore. And I think there's a better front office and infrastructure in place nowadays that if he did speak up, I don't know if it would be a, a big problem. So, again, real quick, number one, Lonzo Ball. Number two, Devontae Graham. Number three, Kyle Lowry or Mike Conley. And, again, Chris Paul would be at the top of this list, but I, I don't think that's realistic. I, I just don't. Watch what will happen. All of a sudden, the free agency period will start, and we'll get breaking news that uh, the Bulls are in talks to make a bunch of these moves because they're going to go get Dame Lillard. We'll be totally floored, right? Because that's that's how Arturis Conor-Shovis operates. Radio silence. And that's what makes this fun. I think we're all kind of not totally sure what the full plan is. And that's what makes it a little bit interesting. A little scary. Because you added Vooch. We didn't see that coming. And now, you know, we're hearing little rumblings here and there. But we haven't gotten that big Woj bomb or report from Shams or Casey Johnson. Nothing yet. And I think it's going to be really fun to see when the free agency period opens what we hear. I'm hoping that we fill this void at point guard. Because you fill that void at point guard... Chicago Bulls, I think, will definitely be a playoff team in 2022. So please make sure, go back and listen to some of the old executive decision episodes if you get a chance. I've put out about four of them in the last month or so. A lot of great guests, Salim Surtawala and Edward Schuler from the Bulls Gold Podcast, each joined me at different times to play the role of the Bulls Brain Trust and put together a plan in the offseason of how they would build this team into a playoff and title contention. Elias Schuster from Bleacher Nation Bulls did that as well, and so did Michael Walton from Bulls Confidential. We're going to have more of those episodes coming down the pipeline uh, for the rest of the summer. Format might be a little different you know, after we get through the free agency period, but I still want to get some of the top podcasters and Bulls content creators to tell me where they see this team going, and, and if they were in charge, how would they kind of right the ship to title contention. I'm very curious what those people think. As always, follow us at rebuild underscore a underscore bull on Twitter or follow me at mgenteel88. And, you know, you'll get my thoughts on everything that's unfolding with the Chicago Bulls this offseason. So, everybody enjoy the draft tonight. We'll see who the Bulls get in the second round and enjoy the free agency period. We'll have more content coming soon. Thank you for listening to the Rebuildable Podcast. Be sure to check us out and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever else you stream your podcasts.